still giddy after the big win over LSU last night? I know Jimmy and I are. We're going to talk about it. You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. Thank you for making us your first listen every single time. I hope you caught the press conference and our reaction uh, for that pod last night. And uh, here we are again right now, getting ready to rock. Uh, another big win, Jimmy. I've not re-watched the entire game, but I've watched some of it. I'm going to tell you, I'm more impressed than I was even last night with Jalen Milrow. Look, uh, he is making some moves. He's not – He's still not the best quarterback. I understand there are people that are still nitpicking him. And, um, I mean, you got to stop doing that. He's going to make some mistakes, people. He is. But he he was awesome last night. His decision-making was great. He had maybe one or two passes that you'd like to have back. But, but you know, he ran when he needed to run. He uh, was able to have some touch passes. He did, he did it all, if you ask me, Jimmy. The one thing that he didn't do that we know he's great at is the deep ball. We didn't ever hit the deep ball. That That's sort of what's funny about this game to me is that the things we knew, like, okay, Jalen Milrow is not great on intermediate passes, maybe not doesn't have a lot of great on, on short passes, and uh, Will Reichert is cash money. The, the the It was the opposite of all that last night, and it worked out great for Alabama. Yeah, uh, good performance by Milrow. What, what stands out to me is, in my mind, Jaden Daniels, did nothing to hurt his Heisman candidacy, even though it was a loss. I mean, I thought Jaden Daniels was every bit lived up to, to, to the advertised, you know, uh, he, he's, he's a fantastic player. Even with the loss, I'm cool with Jaden Daniels either winning the Heisman or being a finalist in New York. Yet, I think Milrow played alongside him. I, I don't think Milrow outplayed him. Now, I do realize that uh, Alabama won the game. And Milrow played really well. I wouldn't necessarily say Milrow outplayed Jade Daniels, but he played with him. He won the game, and Alabama won the game because of Jalen Milrow. Uh, it was the first time in a while. Now, a lot of this is, is because LSU's defense isn't very good. But it was the first time in a while, Luke, I felt like Alabama could score every time. Like, just get the ball back, they'll score a touchdown. Get the ball back, they'll score a touchdown. Because that's the confidence in Milrow. There's no way you'd have said that in September, even playing against a bad defense. Doesn't matter. Put put a put a, a, a Louisiana Lafayette out there. Put Louisiana Monroe out there. Put Georgia State out or Georgia Southern out there. I wouldn't have felt like Alabama was going to score a touchdown on every single possession. But that's the, the confidence now that Milrose playing with. I love how you pointed out that, hey, what he does really exceptionally, and we know he can do well, wasn't even on display. It was a lot of the stuff. He was getting questioned about the short passes to the backs, the intermediate, the willingness to run. <laughs> I hope that's been answered, you know, finally. So uh, I, I thought it was an A-plus performance from Milrow because he did not get outshined by a kid that might deservedly win the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, and, you know, his his improv is getting so much better. Um the, the little flip pass to Jason McClellan, which, again, wasn't the prettiest pass you ever saw, but it, it doesn't matter. It's the, the vision to see it, uh, the touch pass to Jam Miller 
which which Gort was gorgeous. It was right over the outstretched arms of uh, Harold Perkins. Perkins. Um, the, and the fact that he's, you know, they, they mentioned something on the CBS broadcast. They said, um, Jalen Milrow said, I don't need to practice running. I know how to run. And you know, that makes a lot of sense. Um, but I think what's what's odd is he knows how to run, but I think he he had been forcing himself, or maybe it was by design by the coaching staff, that okay, I got to be in the pocket, I got to do my thing, I got I got to stay here, I got to go through my progressions, right? And he got that so much into his head that it was hindering his main weapon. Well, now I think it's all coming together. Uh, as Gary Danielson pointed out very astutely last night, that look, Jalen Milrow hangs in the pocket now. Is it too long sometimes? Yes, we've seen it be too long several times. It's being less and less too long these days. And then in this game, it was a lot less too long. He only had two sacks. Some of that's probably attributed to LSU's not great, not so great defense. But um, he's figuring it out. And boy, maybe I'm giving too much credit to the staff. But part of me is like, were they kind of – not making him run all this time so that when we finally do bust out his ability to run, it works incredibly well because it worked incredibly well. Again, I'm overthinking that perhaps, but on that first run play on the read option where he kept the ball, he didn't, I hadn't seen him do that kind of keeper since maybe middle Tennessee state, maybe. Right. Right. I think it's a combination of a lot. I don't think it's one. I don't think it's one thing. I, I, I do think this, I saw a good uh, observation, a poster made on the BOL board this morning uh, about how, you know, if you have a running quarterback and you run him all season, we're late in the season and we don't know whether we'd still have that running quarterback on the team and upright. I mean, can you really run your running quarterback 12 football games and expect that he not be injured? I think that is a factor, but doesn't explain it all. Uh, I think Jalen Milrow's experience. I mean, I, I chalked up all of the supposed huge issues and the he'll never be good and all that stuff that I, I read repeatedly uh, to inexperience. Uh, this is a talented kid. He's he's just going to have to play. And I, I think what we've really gotten into, Luke, is game nine. That's the ninth start of his career. So he's still inexperienced, really. But he now has nine starts and is more comfortable. Uh, he's more in command. He's more confident. All of those things that come with experience. I think Tommy Reese is. Let's let's get this too. Tommy Reese is just in game nine of the Nick Saban experience, uh, where it's Saban's offense, it's Saban's playbook. Tommy Reese is having to adapt to all that. Tommy Reese is having to adapt to Milrow, who's unlike any kid he had at Notre Dame. And he had some good players at Notre Dame. He had some good athletes at Notre Dame. But he didn't have Milrow, who has a unique set of skills and challenges. And I think, okay, now Tommy Reese is in game nine. I think LSU's defense stinks. <laughs> that's a yeah. fact, too. Exactly. Don't, we can't pretend like that's not a fact. But LSU's defense is bad, and you're probably going to look a little better against them than you would against an average SEC defense because they're below average uh, on that side of the ball. Uh, I think there's that. I think the offensive line is better in game nine than they were back in game two. It, I, I don't really believe they're miles and miles better, but they're better. They're better. So I think it's all of those things and probably uh, not that he listens to Locked on Bama, and he should, but <laughs> I think Milrow 
you know, one of the things we said recently was, hey, Jalen, Jalen might have believed, and I've heard Bryce Young say this, by the way, so don't blame it on Jalen. I've heard Bryce Young say it with his, his own words. If Jalen believed that it was a disservice to himself for him to be called a running quarterback, so he wanted to throw it and hang in the pocket and make plays with his arm, period, even at the expense of, of, of plays he could have made with his legs because he was trying to prove something to the world and trying to prove something to himself, trying to prove something to himself too. Hey, I'm good enough to, to do this. I'm Tom Brady. I'm Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I get I get that. I, I do get it, and I'm uh, sympathetic to it. But he's doing himself a disservice because you're uniquely talented, dude. You're all of it. Yeah, you can be a pocket passer, but you've also got this. Don't not fire weapons that you have because not everybody's born with that. So uh, ultimately, I think he was doing himself a disservice, and and I think maybe – Figuring all that out. Okay, who am I as a player? I mean, it makes sense you wouldn't know that game one. But game nine, you should start getting a pretty good idea. And uh, I, I think it's coming into focus. And like we said all week about the, the hype for this game, Luke, it was about Jaden Daniels and his Heisman campaign. And now it was a launching pad for Milro, not to win the Heisman in 2023, but to be a candidate in 2024. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And what this means is Alabama, maybe they're not looking for a quarterback next year like a lot of us thought. Uh, maybe they've already got one, so they don't really need to use LinkedIn. You know, they won't need to use LinkedIn. And I'm going to talk about uh, LinkedIn right now because that is uh, the, the thing we need to talk about. It's just fantastic. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team and helps you find them faster and for free. All you got to do is go to LinkedIn Jobs, then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are, yes, Hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and who you'd like to ultimately hire. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to and helps you find them faster and for free. Post your job free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions probably will. I bet they do apply. I want to give a shout out to um guy I saw in the Publix parking lot day named Tommy. Um, I got a honk as I'm walking back to my car. And he said, you the guy I watch on YouTube. And I said, I, I hope. <laughs> I don't know. And he said, yeah, I'm a big Bama fan. And so I talked to him for a second. Super cool guy. Tommy, if you're watching, and I hope you are. Uh, appreciate you reaching out, buddy. Jimmy and I really do love that. I mean, look, we, we do. We love it when people say they watch it. And, you know, look, even if you disagree with us, we, we're cool. So it's nice. It's nice to get some sort of evidence other than the no we get a number on the screen of how many people listen to the show we, we it's not like but it's still kind of uh hard for us to believe sometimes no. <laughs> so it's nice to meet people that say we watch a show and i'm like you do yeah. but, uh no we, we really do appreciate it thanks guys okay i feel like we've got to talk about the first of all we've already i had offensive line better lsu lsud trash up here I think you've already sort of covered that. I mean, that's. I think both, both things. Both, both things. Both things can be true. Yeah, it's, yeah, an, both it, things are true. it's. It's not really a one or the other, right? 
I, I totally agree with that. I, I think that the offensive line did play better. Um, yep. Really liking what uh, Jaden Roberts is doing right now. Um, sure. Uh, he's he's playing playing very very well, um, and he's got a real mean look about him. I mean, you got to love an offensive line. And Tyler Booker, uh, Gary Danielson pointed him out several times. Tyler Booker is really playing his tail off. But I, I got to go back to this Dallas Turner hit on Jaden Daniels. And look, mm-hmm. it's it's really insane the the vitriol that that SEC officials more than anybody are getting about this. When number one. If you watched Alabama-Tennessee last year, the hit that Bryce Young took was worse than this hit. Worse. And it got oh, nothing. It didn't no. get roughing the passer. No question. Unflagged yeah. and was worse. No, no question. I mean, any neutral observer would believe that that hit was worse. Okay. And okay, and so then you want to say, well, don't use one call to bad call to justify another bad call. Okay. We're That's not. fine. I would I would counter with this. If the whole argument is that he should have been called for targeting. I disagree. And I think it's fair to disagree. I think it's okay to disagree. Whatever. You don't agree. I, I, I think it's sort of nutty to think it was targeting. You want to call it roughing? Again, the way football is going right now, I understand it. I don't feel like it was even roughing. I don't know what else he really could have done. Um, it, it was a bang-bang play. Peter Burns from the SEC Network, a noted LSU homer, also said as much. Um but if you want to say roughing the passer, fine. So he got the fi- the 15-yard penalty you get. If they had called it roughing the passer with targeting, the only thing that changes is that Dallas Turner's out for this game and half of the next game, which, by the way, let's all admit, missing half of the next game for something you did in the previous game is stupid. Let's go ahead and throw yes. that out there. They need to change that. But also, it doesn't change the fact that Jaden Daniels is out of the game. Jaden Daniels is out of the game. Now, that's unfortunate. I, as an Alabama fan, I didn't want him out of the game. I, I mean, I was loving watching this, and I wanted Alabama to beat them with him. And I'm sorry for him, and I'm pulling for him, and I hope he's okay. And by God, I hope he's in New York up there, at least in the running for the Heisman. I truly, truly do. I think he's a fantastic player. SEC, 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 as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, I, I've seen some – the T-Bob Bear, who, uh, you know, it's funny, T-Bob Bear noted LSU homer, you know, kind of a fun personality. I dig it. But he was saying, you know, hey, LSU is going to feast on the carcass of a dying dynasty and yada, yada, yada. And then after the play, his co-host, who they they apparently do some show where cussing is completely encouraged. And um, the, the T-Bob was like, I didn't think it was dirty. I didn't think it was targeting. I didn't think it was dirty. It's, you know, if you get a chance to take that hit, take that hit. And uh, the other guy was like, this is just the worst. And, it, you know, just tears streaming down his face practically. And I'm thinking, guys, it's still football. It's still football. And, and it, yeah. tough hits are going to happen. It's not like he – it's not like Dallas Turner whacked him in a game of tennis. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this, well, that you know, would be – I would I would be outraged too. I would be like, Dallas should not be able to play in next week's tennis match if he's going to do that to the other team. <laughs> well, let, let me player. say this. I don't want to cut you off, but it's funny. Everybody else – I've seen a lot of things. In the NFL, that's a $100,000 fine. Maybe. It's in the NFL. The NFL also just fined a fullback for blocking too viciously, like $48,000. And if you do, guess what? If you do that hit on the sidewalk, it's assault. But you, we're playing football. These things happen. I did. I, I think the last thing it was was dirty. I think Definitely it was, it, I think it was arguably too violent, which is why the official threw a flag. 
and he was flagged. And I'm not arguing about the flag. I'm with Luke 100%. I don't think it's roughing, but I'm fine with them calling that. Okay, because I've seen other hits, similar hits called roughing, similar tackles. I'm not comparing it to the NFL because they don't play NFL football. They're playing college football. I'm fine with the roughing. Uh, Should it have been targeting? I don't believe so. But as Luke points out, even if it was, what does that change? It doesn't change anything. I mean, Alabama would have won the game. Uh, Dallas wouldn't be playing the first half of Kentucky. Uh, they would replace him with Quandarius Robinson, who, by the way, has been a really, really good football player this year. And in my opinion, Alabama would be just fine yep. for for the first half of Kentucky with Q on the field and not Dallas. It wouldn't have changed anything. And secondly, I mean, I don't think targeting is the right call. I, I think neutral observers, not Alabama fans, neutral observers have said that's not targeting. Some say it is. Uh, I think targeting is a tough call to make. And I think even w- with replay, it's a tough call to make. So uh, to, to me, it's it's sound and fury signifying nothing because I enjoy quoting Shakespeare and because it's the only Shakespeare quote I know. Uh, and um, then even if you call targeting, let's also say this. And so we have already admitted Jaden Daniels didn't come back in. And again, that's unfortunate, but players get hurt. Tua Tungvaluwa got hurt against Mississippi State. I mean, Tua has been hurt in other games. I mean, Bryce got hurt against Arkansas. People get hurt, and it sucks. And it's part part of the game, though. People just get hurt. Aaron Rodgers got hurt on the first freaking drive for the New York Jets this year. It's just a part of the game. Now, even if you we admit Jaden Daniels wouldn't come back in, even if you say, okay, that's targeting, clear as day. I mean, people are saying clear as day. It's, it's not clear as day. But day. people are saying that. You don't get 30 yards in penalties. You would still only get the 15 the yards, 15. which you got. So it's not – the only thing you can be upset about, you can only be upset about one thing if you ask me, is that you want to claim that Dallas Turner set out to hurt Jaden Daniels. And if that's your claim, my question is, what in the heck what took so took long? So long? <laughs> what took so because long? He was chewing our lunch up for a while. So, I mean, why? yeah, Dallas. If you're if you're if you're intentionally trying to get Jaden out of the game, then do it in the first quarter. Get your targeting in the first quarter and get get chunked for the whole LSU game. And Jaden Daniels is out. And you're out, and Alabama's got a better chance to win the game. So you're right. That's just stupid. I think it's just people wanting to be angry and and. Uh, that's that's just football. I've already moved on. <laughs> I, I think Alabama has. I think Jaden Daniels probably has, though he's got a clear concussion protocol. Uh, I think the world of the kid as a player uh, and and as a person. Uh, I, I've not not known any negative anybody saying any negative thing about Jaden. Uh, one reminder to Alabama fans about Milrow that's <laughs> applicable to Alabama. Early last season, in his first season as the starter, a lot of LSU fans wanted him benched. They wanted to play another kid. They wanted to play Nussmeyer. They wanted to play Walker Howard. Uh, they had seen enough of Jaden Daniels. They didn't think he would be a good passer. Those same LSU fans that wanted him benched are now furious he got hurt and are furious it has affected his chances to win the Heisman Trophy. The same fans that wanted him benched and not even to be the starter. So these kids improve. A lot of them improve. It's all about who's got talent who has the potential, and then from there, it's the coach's job to coach the potential and talent out of them. Uh, LSU has done that with Jaden Daniels, and and Alabama has done that with Jalen Milrow. 
Yeah, all that is true. Jimmy, when we come back, we're going to take a look around the country and just talk about what, uh, you know, what um, it, everything needs to happen for Alabama to move up in this thing because, you know, they've got some, I mean, look, it's still at Kentucky and at Auburn. Those aren't going to be easy, but I mean, Alabama certainly going to be favored in, of course, Chattanooga. But right now I want to tell everybody about athletic brewing. Uh, absolutely love athletic brewing. Uh, love that they're a sponsor. Uh, now is time for your game changer of the week brought to you by Athletic Brewing, much like Terrion Arnold. That's who I'm going with. Athletic Brewing sure. has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. Terrion Arnold was awesome. He made several big plays. He made a bunch of money for his future in the NFL, and he made a crucial interception that set the decibel record for Bryant-Denny Stadium. So Terrion uh, Arnold is my game changer of the week brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. They're full flavor, they're well-crafted, and just like a full-strength beer. Their brews are great-tasting and award-winning and beat out full-strength beers in global competitions. They brew over 50 styles of craft non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, Golden, Sours, and more. They're constantly releasing limited-edition experimental styles to, their, to add to their variety. They're fit for all time, so you can drink them anytime anywhere and make any activity even more enjoyable by watching the big game or your kids game or tackling work or working out and no hangovers ever. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use code Locked On to get 15% off your first online order. That's code Locked On at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer. Exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company fit for all times. Uh, Jimmy, I am not um, very tech savvy. Uh, I am compared to you, but I made this. Uh, I want to see if you can get all the symbolism in this little thing that I that I made. Uh, for you, you're listening online, you may not be able to get you it. You did that? I did that. Was not bad, like, right? For those who use, for those did you use like an art guess, brush, did you? Is, is that a painting? No, I don't know. I didn't paint it. I painted it online. <laughs> but uh, this is uh, uh, for those listening on audio. It is the LSU Tiger, but the eye is now bloodshot and crying because, because uh, Saban very famously had a pop blood vessel in his yeah. eye. So I say the, uh, and now, the bloodshot eye is a tribute to Nick. LSU has one, too. Um, all right, so let's take a look around the country. Boy, yesterday could have been what could have been. Washington on the verge of losing. Texas should have lost. Should have lost. Um, Rutgers had Ohio State against the ropes up nine to seven, driving it close to the red zone. And they throw a horrible, I mean, they throw a pass that was sort of a fluky pick six for about 95 yards. Um, and Ohio State goes on to win. Uh, Missouri had a moment. I don't care about the Missouri thing so much. We got to beat Georgia anyway. Um, but, you know, Ole Miss winning does help us, if you ask me. I mean, keep Ole Miss uh, very, very relevant. Uh, Tennessee, I want them to keep winning. I, I, I want them to beat Missouri this next week. I, I, it's hard for me to pull for Tennessee right now because they've been such uh, overall jerks about different stuff, but I'm going to pull for them just for our strength of schedule. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, th there could have been some real big-time help. Oklahoma's losing, yeah. I think, does help. Um, it's yeah. not, that, that wasn't the end-all, be-all, but if Oklahoma had won out um, – it would you would probably have a hard time. It might be tough to pick Alabama over them. It might for some people. I don't know. Heather Dinich 
has basically said on Twitter that, hey, look, if Alabama wins out, they're essentially in, which makes me wonder, oh, my God, I'm on the wrong side of this thing because <laughs> I don't feel like Heather Dennis is right very often. But, um, you know. She knows she knows the playoff situation pretty well. She She's the one that covers the committee and covers the committee. And, and my experience uh, working in the media, as I do now, uh, a lot of people in the media know more than they say. They know more than they say. There's just things they can't say uh, due, due to the nature of their job. So I, I think Heather knows the, the playoff situation pretty well, probably even a little better than people realize. But I agree that, I mean, in terms of there are different types of sports analysis where I wouldn't rank her at the very top of, uh, of, of, of uh, as far as sports analysts. But I, I think she knows the playoff. Well, how do you feel about where we sit? Yeah, it's uh nerve it's it's starting to be a little nerve-wracking uh because you can see the scenario i mean alabama's not going to get in the playoff over an undefeated power five champion so if washington wins the pac-12 at 13 and 0 and florida state wins the acc at 13 and 0 and someone wins the big 10 undefeated either ohio state or michigan alabama's not getting in above those teams I can see that Alabama's probably not getting in above a one-loss Texas team that beat Alabama head-to-head. So in that sense, it's nerve-wracking. But there's still a lot of football left, three or four games, several of which are really tough. I think there are greater odds Alabama won't beat Georgia than Alabama beating Georgia and not getting into the playoffs, if that makes sense. that's No, that's a really good point. I'm with you on that. I mean – Look, a part of me is also saying, hey, quit trying to, you know, national treasure this thing and put it all together uh, before it even comes to the uh, conference championship games. So much can happen. I mean, look, you know, Texas, as good as they've been and they beat us, I mean, I, I give them kudos. Texas has been flirting with disaster. They they don't have the uh, you know the a gauntlet coming up, but they could lose. They could lose. It's gotten to the point where ranking Alabama above Texas, I don't think, is no longer silly. I think it's something that yeah. the committee is going to have to consider. I'll also say that Alabama shouldn't be ranked in front of Oregon at first blush, but when you start looking at metrics and strength of schedule and other things. I'm not so sure Alabama shouldn't be ahead of Oregon already. Uh, it's certainly an interesting argument to make. Okay. Uh, help me out here. Who's Oregon's best win? Their best that's exact, win. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, that's a that's a good a good conversation to have. They haven't beaten USC yet. I know USC's lost three games, but I'm still now, impressed. USC's going to be out of the top 25, by the way, in this next poll. They are. They are. But I also think USC could beat Oregon next week. They could. I don't think they will, but they could. Uh, Oregon, no, no, Oregon will score literally at will. Oregon beat Utah, which is impressive because they they also beat the crap out of Utah. Who is a good team. I'm not sure that that's a win that should get you in the playoff, but but that's a good team. Um, non-conference wise, I don't know why it's not. Surely they played somebody good in the non-conference. We're not thinking of right. I mean, they usually. Uh, did. They played. Uh, they played somebody out of right the in front 12, of me. If I remember right, but I could, you know, Texas Tech maybe. That's starting to sound right. But I mean, you know, seriously. Um, so yeah, I think we you do sit back and let it all play out. I mean, there'll be a lot of hand wringing because that's what happens. Um, but hey, are you going to Kentucky by the by the way? I'm not. That is just you, and I am looking forward to 
all the reports. I've never been to Lexington. And uh, yeah, they beat Texas Tech and yeah. Colorado and so, lost to Washington. They beat Washington State and Utah. Washington State's not bad, Utah. So they don't really have a great that, – that's exactly getting to my point, I guess, Luke. And Texas Tech, by the way, when they beat Texas Tech, people thought Texas Tech would be better than they are. Texas yeah, Tech true. is pretty bad. It's just in the preseason people thought they'd be good. Uh, again, I think Alabama should perhaps be ranked ahead of Oregon, and uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll see. So what I'm saying is what if Oregon wins the Pac-12 with one loss? Yeah, they get the win over Washington, but Alabama gets a win over Georgia. And Alabama played a tougher schedule than Oregon. So, boy, if, if Alabama we'll wins out and Oregon wins out, it's going to be it's going to be a battle. Um, I mean, people are going to uh, really go head to head on this. But if I'm the committee, I don't see how in the world you couldn't put Alabama in over Oregon simply because, um, again, the schedule. Alabama will clearly have more better wins. Um, yeah. And Oregon would have already lost. You know, and Oregon's going to say, Oregon's best case is we beat Washington. We beat undefeated Washington in the Pac and became Pac 12 champs. Yeah, but you also lost to Washington. Yeah. Don't y'all have to play a third time just to settle the thing? Yeah. I mean, y'all, Alabama hasn't lost to Georgia. You, you know, know what it of if that happens, the very first playoff, it'd be ironic. The very first 14 playoff, it came down to Baylor TCU uh, going at it. And uh, having this big argument, and they were like, "Okay, you neither one of y'all's in. We're taking Ohio State." You know, and the last yeah. fourteen playoff could have that same kind of debate. Um, all right, Jimmy, that's going to do it for today's podcast. Thanks everybody for joining us. We appreciate appreciate you so much, and we'll be back tomorrow. We're also going to I'm going to try and get a basketball preview show in if I can get my buddy Brian. I'm Pastor. going to that. You're going to Kentucky. I'm going to that. You're probably not going to basketball tomorrow. No, but I'm looking forward to watching it. Um, sure. I just I got too much going on, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So uh, yeah, I hope to have a basketball preview show here soon. So uh, hey, thanks everybody, and roll tide. Roll tide.